And we're live. With Paranormal Dash Spirits. This is where we come to get our booze on. We talk about the booze, the things that go bump in the night. And I get to do it with all my booze. I'm Mike Black. This is Alyssa Black, my wife. Hello. And my best friend, John Burkett, who is rearranging his... <laughs> Put your pants on. <laughs> Lord. He's rearranging something over there. I don't know. Is it your hand belt your buckle pants. or zipper or... Belt was kind of pushing mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. belly. That's gotcha. what mm-hmm, that they all say. <laughs> oh, well, we've got a, a spooky, scary story for you guys tonight. And this one uh, comes with a trigger warning. There is some mention of sexual molestation. Uh, later on in the story so just want to give everybody a chance if this bothers you or you can't hear this then then don't listen to this one just skip on over till next week but hit like yeah but hit like and subscribe before you go you know but uh, before we get into that story uh, I want to tell you guys about all the places that you can listen to us on the web and see us and so if you're listening on a podcast right now you can go to YouTube and watch us at Goofy in front of each other. And on YouTube, we are 3B Paranormal Spirits. We also have an Instagram page, and that is paranormal underscore dash, and it's spelled out D-A-S-H underscore spirits. Uh, TikTok is the same thing. It's paranormal underscore dash underscore spirits. Twitter is... MW Black one nine six six. I thought you got Twitter fixed. You got Twitter fixed. I did get Twitter fixed. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. What is it now? Spirits. This week. It's it's three B Paranormal Spirits, isn't it? I don't remember. Will you look it up for me while I'm calling out the rest of the stuff? You sent a screenshot from it. I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Bruh. Uh, hey, it's been a busy week. <laughs> I mean, it has been busy. So we also have a website, and that's Paranormal dash spirits.com if you go there that is like a launch pad for everything else you can go to all the different sites from paranormal dash spirits.com and while you're there check out our boozy's boutique and this is where boozy's boutique is where we have all our swag and if you're watching on youtube right now you can see we have caps and hoodie or uh, i'm sorry uh beanies we have dad caps we have mugs we have cups Pear- Paranormal underscore dash underscore written dash out underscore, underscore spirit. Uh, okay, so Twitter is now the same as Instagram and TikTok. Yay! Yay! Y'all happy? Hey, I'm happy. Makes it easier. We can just do paranormal <coughs> underscore dash underscore spirits. And you can catch us in all those places. All of them. All of them. Like Pokemon, gotta catch them all. Alright, so tonight. We are drinking all the things bourbon. Oh. So, John, tell us about this. John always gets the the privilege. They need to start putting bigger font on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's this Woodford Reserve Kentucky Straight Wheat Whiskey. Wheat. <laughs> so, it's not bourbon. It's wheat whiskey. So it's not a bourbon. I this lied. is made out of wheat. So is it? So is it one hundred percent wheat or a percentage thereof? Or I believe it's one hundred percent wheat because it oh, would wow. say it would just say Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey and it would be like if it was a wheated one. Mm-hmm. So we're drinking wheated 
Versailles, Kentucky. Versailles. 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 Tell me about it, Alyssa. Did you look it up? Yep. 90.4 proof. Okay. Proprietary batch. Proprietary. <clears throat> means the sponsors of the Kentucky Derby. Okay. So. Now this smells like bourbon. The world's finest bourbon. Yeah. That's debatable. That's what it says. <laughs> this is just a regular one, right? This is weeded whiskey. Wheat whiskey. Straight Kentucky straight wheat whiskey. Yeah. Comprised of more than 200 detectable flavor notes from bold grain and wood to sweet aromatics, spice, and fruit and floral notes. Tasting notes. Clean, brilliant, honey, amber, and color. Taste. Rich, chewy, rounded, and smooth with complex citrus, cinnamon, and cocoa. Toffee, caramel, chocolate, and spice notes abound. Let's see if I believe all that. It says it smells like faint vanilla and tobacco spice. Cilantro. 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 I, uh, I sneak peeked. I forgot and I sipped it, but it ain't bad. It reminds me of Weller's. It'll get, get her done. Do you get toffee, caramel, chocolate, spicy notes abound? Uh, Spi- I get the spice notes. Mm-hmm. I think I get a little toffee out of that. Here's the finish. Silky smooth, almost creamy at first with a long, warm, satisfying tail. <laughs> it actually has a tail, it says. That's a long, satisfying <clears throat> tail. <clears throat> uh, well, now once I verify my age, I'll tell you what the mash bill is. 90.4 proof. <clears throat> Calm down. That went down the wrong hole. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened to county. So this is 52% wheat. Okay. Followed by malt, 20%, corn, 20%, and 8% rye. Hmm. So I'm going to try it out. Uniquely crafted whiskey boasts fruit and floral flavors. I would give this a thumbs up. It's not bad. We've had this on <coughs> airplanes. You see this on airplanes. Oh, yeah. They always serve it on there. And they remember they told us that it sells out like it does with Tito's. Yeah. Tito's. All right. So we've partaken of our B-O-Z-E. That's better than some weeded bourbons I've had. Yeah. It's smooth. Yeah. It's bright, though. It's um. It's better than J.B. Rowling. It's got a kick. All right. Let's get into the uh, BOOS tonight. And this is a tale of the Smurl Haunting. Two cities? No, not two cities. They're Smurl Haunting. So, <laughs> the, the Smurl Haunting was one of the famous uh, Ed and Lorraine. Um, Warren. Warren, yeah, from the, the Conjuring universe. And uh, so anyway, we'll get started here. In 1972, the coastline, the costliest hurricane to ever hit the United States East Coast was Hurricane Agnes. It caused $2.1 billion in damage 
That is $15.2 billion in today's money. When was this? 1972. So the hurricane's death toll was 128, and the effects of Agnes were widespread all the way from the Caribbean or Caribbean, however you prefer. It's Caribbean. Yeah. Not if you're singing Caribbean Queen. (laughs) Caribbean Queen. Yeah, that's the one. There you go. Good job, John. Uh, All the way up to Canada. Uh, with most of the east coast of the United States affected, and damage was heaviest in Pennsylvania. And this is where Agnes was the state's wettest tropical uh, cyclone ever. In Pennsylvania? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that sounds they weird. They don't but... even have, have coast. I guess they do. Yeah. Wow, that's so weird. Normally yes. it's Florida. Right. Or Texas. Yeah. Or Louisiana. But the... <clears throat> um, so anyway, it caused thousands to be evacuated, and the Smurls... Janet, Jack, and their four young children, Heather, Shannon, Karen, and Don, were among them. Uh, the Smurls were homeless and desperate, seeking refuge with Jack's parents in West Pittston. Pittston. That's hard to say. There's an S in there. Pittston. Um, so they, as fortune would have it, in 1973, Jack's parents stumbled upon an old duplex at 330 Chase Street in West Pittston. Originally built in 1896, it was a diamond in the rough, but a potential haven for the Smurl family. A bold decision was made. They would reside on one side, while Jack and Jet and the kids would occupy the other side. Uh, With a relocation cost covered by Jack's parents, they soon found themselves settling into their newly acquired dwelling on Chase Street. The neighborhood appeared friendly, offering perfect setting to raising uh, their children. They plunged headlong into renovating the slightly worn-down duplex, putting all their energy into making it feel like home. So this is like one of those dream comes true. We've been saved from the hurricane by my parents who've let me move in on the other side, and then it all goes to hell after that. (coughs) Excuse me. As repairs progressed, they couldn't shake the feeling that something lurked in the shadows. Unexplained events, strange noises, and this pervasive sense of dread began to plague the Smurls. Doors creaked open on their own, objects moved mysteriously, and the atmosphere turned palpably sinister. What was intended to be a new beginning quickly transformed into a living nightmare. As they earnestly worked on repairing and renovating their new home, little did they know that their actions were stirring dormant energies within its walls. A slumbering presence, perhaps lying in wait for eons, was awakened by each swing of the hammer and every stroke of the paint. At first, seemingly harmless oddities began to unfold. Tools would mysteriously vanish, only to reappear hours later in unexpected places. Strange old stains would seep through the fresh coats of paint. Maybe they didn't use kills like they should have. I was about to say, they should have killed such shit. <laughs> but evidently... Uh, That's mold. You know, and uh, unplugged, kitchen appli- unplugged kitchen appliances caught fire leaving the family bewildered and unnerved. Yet despite these occurrences, the Smurl family pushed on, grateful for the shelter of their new home. Jack and Janet determined to rebuild their lives and find hope in positive developments. Jack had served in the Navy and become a neuropsych technician. He secured a better job and was even promoted uh, while also taking on the role of coaching his daughter's softball team. The children settled into the new school, excelling in their studies, and Jenna's pregnancy added to the joy of the family's life. Community involvement flourished as Janet led an anti-drunk driving initiative at a local high school. She's one of those mad mothers. 
Mad Mother. Well, it was uh, early 70s, so that would make sense. It was still legal then. <laughs> I don't right? think so. No. Not DWI, no. Uh, there are probably some states where you could drive with an open container at that point, but not you couldn't drive drunk, you know. Um, by 1974, an ominous, an ominous shift began to unfold. Mary Smurl, Jack's mother, suffered a heart attack, plunging the family into financial hardships. Coinciding with these troubles, something inexplicable began to manifest itself. Janet started hearing her mother-in-law's voice calling out to her, urging her for assistance while she was recovering at home. Rushing to her aid, Janet was met with baffling occurrences. Mary would sometimes be unconscious or asleep, and yet her voice echoed as if beckoning for help, leaving everyone attributing the phenomenon to stress and exhaustion. They're in a duplex, right? Mm-hmm. Did it, did, was she saying, hello from the other side? <laughs> yes. <laughs> She probably was. <laughs> Shout out to Adele. I need help on the other side. <laughs> <clears throat> oh. the, uh, but as the days turned into nights, the strangest, strangeness ex- escalated. I cannot talk. The voice grew more insistent and ethereal whispers danced through the halls, adding to the family's distress. A palpable sense of otherworldly presence began to grip the household and once hopeful atmosphere was now shrouded in shadows. After Janet's eerie encounters, Mary too found herself entangled in the web of the unexplained. Just like Janet, Mary started hearing her name being called out as if by an invisible force. Perplexed and unable to make sense of it, Mary recounts these strange occurrences to her daughter-in-law, only to be met with confusion. The stubborn stains that were previously concealed under fresh paint resurfaced, mocking the family's attempts to cover them up. New unexplained stains also began to appear, even manifesting on the hardwood floors and carpet, leaving everyone perplexed. By 1975, the haunting intensified. Now, you notice how these years are just rolling by. We've done 72, 73, 74. We're up to 75 now. The haunting intensified. Uh, the eldest child in the family became a target of the malevolent entity. Entity. In the dead of the night, she awakens to an overwhelming sense of fear, finding herself frozen as translucent figures loom above her bed. Janet, too, becomes a victim of an unseen force, experiencing violent and disturbing encounters. Both Janet and the older daughter, Dawn, stated that they were sexually molested, leaving them feeling violated and unclean. By the... By the spirits, yes, in the house. Or demons the force that was in the house. Um, The paranormal activity seemed to surge, especially when Jack is away, leaving Janet to confront the terror alone. Adding to their misery, the Smurls suffer from a string of inexplicable and destructive incidents. Appliances catch fire, even when unplugged, we talked about that. They would fix water pipes, solder them, and then they would burst. Uh, And this was causing both structural and financial damage to them, That's and they're already causing those stains with bursting water pipes. Yeah, but usually that's not a, a stain like that. That's you don't get these are these are nasty like blood type stains or something. 
1977 dawns, the paranormal presence unleashes more aggressive onslaught. The family's radio starts switching on and off at strange hours, particularly when they're trying to sleep. Bathroom sinks begin to turn themselves on, draining away what little money the family has left. Drawers open and close on their own, and the pungent stench of rotting meat permeates the air, described by the family as a smell of death. Toilets flush without any human touch, heightening the feeling of being besieged by unseen forces. As the haunting escalated, the Smurls found themselves confronting relentless and malevolent presence. Strange sounds of footsteps echoed throughout the house, but unlike before, they didn't fade away quickly or stay confined to a specific area. Instead, the sounds would travel all over the house now, leaving the family on edge. The pervasive stench of decay permeated the entire residence, lingering for extended periods and causing immense discomfort. Now, up until this point, Jack had managed to avoid being directly targeted by the paranormal force. However, one fateful night after a tiring day of work, he experienced a horrifying encounter. As he lay in bed, his sheets were abruptly pulled away, and he felt an overwhelming sensation of numerous hands touching and grabbing him. Fear consumed him, leaving him sleepless and questioning his skepticism toward the strange occurrences his wife had witnessed. So up until this point, then this is 1975, I believe, 77, I'm sorry. Um, Jack had not been... uh, assaulted or you know confronted by the the entity did the parents already own this building were they already living on that one side Mm. so that was in 73 so they were had they had anything happen before Mm -mm. no the parents bought it right before they bought it and they said, hey, we got this duplex. We'll have oh, our so they hadn't really in. lived in it either. No, they had just moved in. Nothing is happening on their side. It's all on Janet and Jack's side. Ghosts are on the other yeah. side. <laughs> Ghosts are on the other Janet side. Janet and Jack. I thought you were going to say Janet Jackson. No, Janet and Jack are the ones that are experiencing all this, this, and their kids. And later on, it even talks about the dog um, being assaulted. But... I'm sorry. I said, oh my goodness. <clears throat> yeah. So up until this point, Jack had managed to avoid being directly targeted by the paranormal force. However, one fateful night after a tiring day, uh, I read this, they had grabbed him in bed. Amidst the turmoil, Janet gave birth to twin baby girls, expanding their family to six children now. That's a lot of people. In That's a box. lot of people. But with the arrival of twins, malevolent presence seemed to intensify, displaying a malicious intent. It grew more aggressive, as if driven by jealousy or hatred for the living. One chilly morning while the children were at school and the rest of the adults were out, Janet entered the kitchen to pour herself a cup of coffee. Suddenly, her blood ran cold and she saw a translucent figure standing in the middle of the kitchen, with a stain seemingly forming directly beneath it. The entity had hollow eyes and appeared frozen in place. In the blink of an eye, it vanished, leaving Janet shaken and bewildered. As time passed, Janet continued to hear her name being called out, even when she was alone. The voices would often mimic her mother-in-law, Mary, who wasn't present. Janet repeatedly checked, hoping to find a rational explanation. She was left with a haunting truth. She truly felt isolated and surrounded by an unseen malevolence. As a strange occurrence escalated, they soon realized that they were not alone in experiencing the horrors. 
The eerie sounds of violent fights echoed from the other side of the duplex. Hello from the other side. <laughs> yeah, that. Okay. Side. <laughs> so, uh, other duplex making Jack's parents deeply concerned for Janet and the children's safety. One night, unable to bear it any longer, Jack's father bravely investigated, only to find silence as a as the family on the other side slept, leaving him bewildered. Soon after Mary, Jack's mother had her own terrifying encounter. Alone the duplex, she heard her name whispered seemingly from Janet's voice. As she followed the sound, she was confronted by some translucent being Janet had described mimicking her voice. Filled with terror, Mary rushed to Jan Jack and Janet's door, seeking refuge from the malevolent presence. As the family shared their individual experiences, they came to the chilling realization the force haunting them was anything but friendly. Shannon, the young seven-year-old, became the next target of the entity's rage. A glass light fixture fell and injured her, raising alarms about malicious intent. Financially constrained and trapped in their supposed fresh start, the family's nightmare intensified. Shannon's diary revealed her terrifying experiences where she claimed to wake up floating above the bed, sometimes being hurled across the room with great force. One night, the climax of these attacks occurred when she was thrown down the stairs, leaving her hysterical and in pain. Even their loyal German shepherd, Simon, fell victim to the entity's attacks, uh, floating in the air, bewildered and thrown against the wall. Janet herself um, <clears throat> experienced horrifying incidents, waking up in the middle of the night, floating and assaulted with Jack, seemingly unable to wake from a state of paralysis beside her. So he didn't even wake up. So along with these gruesome manifestations, creepily, creepy activity plagued the duplex. Scratching noises emerged from within the walls. The family could hear deep, drawn-out breaths behind them, sending shivers down their spines. Uh, one night, after a hard day's work, Jack sought solace in front of the TV to unwind. But on this particular night, he found himself fully awake and coherent, yet unable to move, as if trapped in a glue-like paralysis. To his horror, he came face to face with the demon haunting their lives. The malevolent entity, gr entity grabbed him, slammed him into the floor, and mercilessly bashed his head into the hardwood floor before vanishing. From that moment, Jack and the entire family lived in fear, unable to relax, trapped in their own home, and uncertain of how to escape the nightmare. So finally, 13 years later, they reach out to Ed and Lorraine Warren. And so these people have in lived in the late 80s, so they stayed in 85, 86. <clears throat> and here they finally they reach out. The Warrens agreed to visit the Smurl family. And after a thorough investigation lasting six months, they believe the house was infested by four entities. One was an old woman, seemingly harmless and trapped within the home. Another was a very angry and violent younger woman. The third entity was a vengeful man who had taken lives and hanged a century ago. And finally, a powerful demon controlled the others, feeding on the family's fear and discord. After months of documenting the haunting experience, a strange phenomena themselves, the Warrens concluded the situation was dire. They brought in Father McKenna, a Vatican-sanctioned exorcist, but his efforts only escalated malevolence, and the demon's grip extended beyond the house, targeting family members directly with horrific visions, and physical attacks. As the torment intensified, their daughter Karen fell seriously ill with an unexplained fever 
and the demonic presence continued to the effect afflict the entire family. Despite the failed exorcisms, the Warrens, Warrens persisted and convinced the Smurl family to allow a second attempt. During the second exorcism, chilling EVPs uh, were captured taunting and laughing at the exorcist's efforts. The malevolent force remained undeterred, leaving the family to endure the unending nightmare. No escape seemed possible, and they were left to confront the unimaginable horrors that plagued their lives. After enduring torment, even on a camping trip to the Poconos, the family returned home in desperation, seeking, seeking help. A local TV show called People Are Talking, uh, despite remaining anonymous during the interview, their plea went unanswered, and the demons retaliated, unleashing new horrors upon them. One morning, Jack was preparing for work and encountered a grotesque creature resembling a man-pig hybrid. Man-bear-pig. Um, so it had the body of a man and the South head of a pig thing. standing om ominously, ominously by the door. The terrifying encounter shook him to the core. Later that day, Janet was attacked by a hand reaching up through the mattress Choking no, her. Absolutely not. Strange snarling noises like that of a pig echoed from within the walls, intensifying their, their nightmares. In August of 86, the Smurl family decided it was time to share their story with uh, Wilkes Bar Sunday newspaper. Hoping for assistance, however, instead of help, their home became a tourist attraction. Attracting skeptics and curious onlookers, even some neighbors turned on them, accusing them of fabricating the story for financial gain. Uh, amidst the chaos, they were contacted by a medium named Mary Alice uh, Brinkman, who confirmed the presence of four entities in their home. Uh, three were human spirits, identified as Abigail, Patrick, and Patrick's wife. The fourth entity was an immensely, immensely powerful demon, reinforcing the Warren's beliefs. Uh, the press coverage caught the attention of Scranton Catholic Diocese, who offered to take over the investigation. <clears throat> Meanwhile, the Warrens continued their efforts, enlisting several priests for a mass exorcism and arranging for Bishop McKenna to conduct a final exorcism. For a brief period, the ritual seemed successful and the disturbances ceased for about three months. But as winter set in just before Christmas of 86, a demon, termed to t a demon returned to torment Jack once again, this time beckoning him to allow it to take over. After countless nights of torment, Jack Smurl clutched a gifted rosary in his pocket and prayed with all his might. Miraculously, the demon vanished, bringing a temporary respite. Yet, their relief was short-lived as a putrid... Respite? It's yes, respite. I'm sorry. It respite. is respite. Also, by that. the way, it's, it's Wilkes-Berry. You know what I say? Wilkes-Barre, spell bar, but they say I heard, it's pronounced Wilkes-Berry. I've actually heard both, so it's, I believe you, <clears throat> but... Kind of like Palestine and Palestine. Yet their relief was short-lived as the putrid smells and violent manifestations returned day after day, leaving the family frustrated, hopeless, and exhausted. Determined to the escape the horrors of their duplex on Chase Street, the Smurls saved enough money to move to a new town. Seeking a fresh start, far from the prying eyes of skeptics, to their dismay, the demon seemed not tied to the property but to the family. The haunting resumed soon after they settled into their new home. Who was playing with the Ouija board? Yeah, no doubt. I don't know. Somebody must have been. Throwing a dog. <clears throat> so this went on for 13 years by the time the mm -hmm. Warrens got involved. So in 1988, the church finally sanctioned a fourth exorcism, this time at the new residence. It seemed to bring the family the peace they had long yearned for. 
Now, after all of this, in 1988, a book was written by author Robert Curran with Jack and Janet Smurl named The Haunted. Uh, the book's financial success remains unclear. That's it. Is that not a movie, too? I've heard that. I think that is going to be or is Conjuring 4, I believe. But the thing that got me about this one, and it's a little bit different from the other ones that I've read about, usually people are like, you know, okay, so this thing's been harassing me and tormenting me, and okay, I'm out of here. I'm gone, right? Time these, to move. These people stuck it out, man. I mean, but... How do you do that? Nice house. Too bad we can't stay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to do it where it's throwing me, my kids, my dog... Like, you never hear the pets are really affected. I mean, at least in the stories that you, mm -hmm. you know, you hear. But I mean, I'm out. They, so it was 13 years. The Warrens years, have to stay there for six months? Mm -mm. 13 years before the, um, the, um, before the Warrens ever showed up. And then that was in 85 or 86, I forget. But then it was another three years before, even after they showed up, before they were able to, to do something and get rid of it. And I've read several other accounts. What actually happened when the Vatican was finally involved, the Warrens reached out to this priest. Well, I take that back. He was not a priest. He had been trained at the Vatican to be an exorcist. And... They brought him in on the case, and he basically wrote to the Vatican and said, look, you know, we're not doing right by these people. You know, we're not doing what the, the church is supposed to do. You know, we're supposed to bring, bring these people peace and, and bring them help. And so he basically shamed them into coming in and doing that fourth exorcism, and that's what it took. And that was, um, that was that, uh, I forget that guy's name now, but he was one of the, the Vatican exorcists, like the Pope's exorcist or whatever. Russell Crowe? Yeah, Russell Crowe showed up. <laughs> Good eye. I find the, I find the stuff by the Warrens really interesting because it's, there's some, there's some really spooky stories and, and a lot of theirs. It seems like it's always demonic, you know, whenever they're involved. But I guess they Sounds only... Sounds familiar. Huh? Sounds familiar. <laughs> well, <clears throat> yes, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> but we're not talking about ZB tonight. <laughs> but what? You have a, a so question So it finally remedied, like after the fourth exorcism? It, was, it took four exorcisms and... Do they still live there? I mean, they moved. No, the fourth one was in a new. They had that was in a new place. Okay. But it had followed them to the new, the new residence. I wonder if it originated with them or if it originated with the house. Like you said, who's doing the Ouija board? You know, or maybe it was just so. I've read a lot about this, and somebody had something. And the guy, the the one guy that had. Uh, murdered some people and then um, after he murdered them then he was 
convicted and, and hung. Um, I don't know if it was on the property, but obviously he wasn't a nice guy. And the um, so I don't know if there was something demonic already there. Mm-hmm. And when they got there, because, you know, it's like anytime you start messing with someplace and remodeling, you hear about that all the time. You know, oh, we started remodeling and it's like it pisses the spirits off, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't want anything changed. And they get pissed off when you start remodeling. We all had this, uh, the patio the cover patio back, here. Cover back I, here. You know, since we don't already <clears> have <throat> ghosts wandering around the house <laughs> and haunting the place, then probably nothing's going to happen. But I hope not. I well, ain't down for that. Where we used to work when they started remodeling, then activity kicked up, you know, after that. Remember? I was only there after the remodel day. Oh, were you? That's right. Okay. I came in with it looking the same way it looked when I left five years later. Well, it it did pick up after that. The um, but that's pretty common. You you read about that. You hear about that a lot. So maybe them coming in and so aggressively trying to to spruce this place up and and make it nice. Maybe that maybe that pissed the the demons off. Maybe there was maybe you know that it wasn't just all unicorns and rainbows <laughs> like they tried to portray. You know the perfect family. You know. And maybe I, some of that fighting and screaming that they heard from the other side that the parents Hello. heard. Maybe well, they, that was actually. Well, here's the thing. There were reports. People had called in to the police about fighting in this house and the Smurls wouldn't even be home. They would hear the screaming and hollering and fighting and stuff crashing and banging and all this. So they're thinking, you know, oh God, you know, Jack Smurls drunk again, beating his wife. And Old Jack. <laughs> nobody's home, you know. So, you know, obviously there was something going on. Uh, they would see the lights flashing on and off in the place. You know, this is the neighbors. Um, and there's also reports, and I didn't put it in here. I just felt it was overkill because there's a lot of, I mean, there's just example after example after example. But uh, Jack was assaulted by a succubus nice yeah and (laughs) so evidently when you read or you hear the account of this thing that attacked him it wouldn't have been nice at all it said that i mean he gives a vivid description of this thing and he calls it a female and then ed warren said you have to remember it's not a female it's an it it's not a male it's a they them I, I don't know. But I ain't trying to get canceled, so. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Where was this at? The location? In uh, Pittston, Pennsylvania. What is it with the East Coast? Pittston, Pennsylvania. And, but it's he talks. Scranton Diocese, right? So that's around Scranton, yeah. uh, Lackawanna County. So he was talking about how this thing had attacked him and it was said he would he could feel the skin and sometimes it was it looked like an older woman uh missing most of her teeth. The ones that were there were blackened and broken and um She had summer teeth. Mm, some are there, some are gone. 
And then, (laughs) (laughs) and she had scales on part of her body, um, oozing pustules on her body. What? Um, I mean, if you're going to come on, do the succubus thing, at least be hot. Try, you know, be hot. Yeah. Well, you know, I just, I would, I would prefer it to be hot if it were going to attack me. I wouldn't want some, some, ugly horrendous succubus attacking me but i would want it to be a hot succubus yeah you know not usually yeah i, I mean i'm not for succubuses at all succubi at <laughs> succubi. all but <laughs> so if, if you were getting if you were getting uh molested by an incubus would you want it to be a a hot incubus or yes maybe he looks like tommy shelby or something or yeah absolutely with an irish accent yeah absolutely right who who better (laughs) i mean so that's all i got for that so it's down the road from down the road from wilkes bar slash wilkesbury it's just just north of there Mm mm-hmm All right. Oh wait, you know what? We forgot. What's the price point on this? Oh dang oh, it! Oh, Alyssa. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I failed. Alyssa. What is the price point on this? Well, it depends on how much you're. Um... I'm always so used to seeing this in the airlines. It's like, how much does your airplane ticket cost? I I swear to God, I don't remember the the price point on that. You didn't buy it. Yeah, did I did. You? you did. I did. Don't tell me I didn't buy it. Oh, mm, eh. I bet they have it on the interwebs. Yeah, well, you know, our person who's supposed to like... I'm sorry, you're supposed there, to ask that? That's my fault. What? I am so, so sorry. You're not like on your mic at all. You're way over there and it, it makes it sound really hollow and I don't understand why you're so aggressive tonight, but okay. And you don't have to get all the way in it either. I'm getting all the way in it to look at you. <laughs> I, I do know that Alyssa's editing sound next time. This is- I want to say I paid about 40 So can you go see this home? You just gave the address. I know. I mean, it's, is there anybody living Street, it? I mean, Pittston, I mean, Pennsylvania. I, I didn't look to see if anybody was still living there. It was built I know in the Smurls moved and their haunting uh, ghosts moved When you start with them. typing in 330 Chase Street, it auto-fills in. With Pittston? With Pittston. I'm sure it does. <laughs> so. Oh. And then, it, and then your search brings up Smurl Haunting House. Hmm. Yeah. Is it on the market? Well, I still don't understand. It, so. I'm going to tell you this right now. If I feel haunted in any way, 13 years later, my arse is not going to oh, be in that No, no, I'm not going to be in that home. house anymore, no. That's not happening. That's no, too long. Well, we that talk- looks haunted. Does it? Way. Yeah, look at it. Does it look rough? It's oh, yeah, that's totally, that's totally haunted. Doesn't strike me. <laughs> okay. I think that's it. Alrighty, like and subscribe. Like the, Smash that subscribe button. It really is important. 